It's not the full menu. You're listening to a snack-sized portion of Chef-Demony. Here's your host, Graham McLennan. Happy Friday, and thanks, as always, for joining me here for the Chef-Demony podcast. It's, it's starting to feel, fingers crossed and knock on wood and all of that, starting to feel that things might start inching back toward at least what we knew as normal. I'm not sure how close to that we will get, but it does feel like things are starting to shift now. So here's hoping that soon we might be able to visit our favorite restaurants for a wonderful sit-down meal, not only for curbside pickup, although that's a wonderful service that many restaurants have been providing to us throughout this crisis. In any event, speaking of food, if you're new to Chef-Demony, this show, this podcast is all about food. But more than that, it's about stories. It's about the stories that we as people can share with each other through food and about food. Over the years, I've been lucky to work both as a lawyer most of the time and a little bit as a cook and a chef. And for that reason, most of my guests on the show tend to be either chefs or lawyers. On the lawyer side, there's the stipulation that they need to be interested in and willing to talk about food, because Chef Demoni isn't really a legal podcast, it's a food and story podcast. Sometimes, though, like today, I will put out a shorter episode, a snack-sized portion of Chef Demoni, as I call these, just to keep you up to date with what's been going on with the show and what might be lying ahead. And today, I'm going to talk about a couple of experiences that have cropped up recently, either because of the podcast itself, or because of this whole COVID business, or some combination of those. And it's the experiences that I'm having that really is one of the big reasons I'm loving producing and hosting Chef Demoni. Through the show, I get to meet people and to have conversations that I just wouldn't otherwise have. And for that, I'm really, really grateful. One experience that I want to tell you about today happened just last weekend. So here's the background. My wife and I live most of the time in Gibsons on the Sunshine Coast of British Columbia. But right now we're living virtually full time with a very good friend in West Vancouver. Uh, almost a, well, it is. It's a housemate situation. And so there are the three of us here regularly with our friend and occasionally a fourth who is our friend's partner when she comes over to join in as well our friend's partner, it was her 50th birthday recently. And so we did a great dinner for the four of us. Now, the birthday girl and her partner were supposed to be in Italy right now in May of 2020, but of course that's not happening. So we decided to do an Italy in British Columbia dinner or an Italy meets British Columbia dinner. Now, if you've heard episode 35 of Chef Demoni, you'll have heard from my friend Tanya Tomaszewska. Tanya is a former banking lawyer turned wine consultant, a very sensible career change in my mind. And part of Tanya's business now is particularly convenient, actually, during a pandemic. She is offering virtual wine exploring over the computer, over the internet. And so that's exactly what we did as part of this 50th birthday dinner celebration. So what we did was assemble uh, a menu. We came up with a series of courses, and then I spoke with Tanya, and she picked out some great wines. We had two from British Columbia. We had two from Italy. And the wines that we had from British Columbia had connections either through the grapes they were using or techniques or the people owning and working at the wineries had connections with Italy. So it was a really fun exploration. So very briefly, we did an antipasto course. We had some sous vide humpback shrimp that I picked up from Skipper Otto. We had uh, veggies and a beautiful anchovy garlic infused dip, that kind of thing. And we paired that 
with a sparkling wine from Chilliwack, of all places, and that was from the Whispering Horse Winery. It worked really, really well. Super delicious. Then we had a few seated courses. The first, if you've kept an eye on the Chef Timoni Instagram at all lately, you'll have seen many of these. So the first course was a salad that featured asparagus from Clippers Organics that we procured through Legends Hall. Thanks to both of those operations, the asparagus was really incredible. As I said recently on Instagram, uh, asparagus is hands down my favorite vegetable, so it was delightful to have. And I prepared the salad in a style reminiscent of one that my wife and I had at Bouchon Bistro in Las Vegas on the night we got engaged, actually. So it was, we, we bundled the spears together, tied them up, blanched them in roiling, boiling, churning, heavily salted water, and then shocked them in uh, ice water, cooled them right down, and then served the cold asparagus spear bundles with some burrata cheese and with a spicy fig compote. Compote's a really fancy term. It was fig jam. And uh, I added a little sambal olic to that to spice it up a bit. Anyway, it all worked really, really well. Not my idea. It came from Bouchon. But I'm glad I was able to get close to the salad that we enjoyed at the restaurant. So that was our second course. With that, we had another BC wine, this one from a Soyuz and from La Stella Winery, uh, a rosé. Again, delicious, paired super well with the asparagus salad. Third, we did a pasta course, super fun. I made some homemade ricotta, the easiest way I know how. Of course, ricotta is really a simple cheese to make. You add some acid to some whole milk, heat it up, the, the proteins curdle, you strain off the curds, you're left with some whey. I find the easiest way to make ricotta is to go four parts to one whole milk to whole buttermilk and heat the whole thing up to just under 200 degrees. Uh, you don't really even need a thermometer for that, just keep an eye on it. And then scoop out the curds, strain them through some cheesecloth, and boom, you've got ricotta. So we had the fresh buttermilk ricotta, uh, chopped up some shallot into that, and some fresh herbs. We used rosemary, thyme, I think that was all actually made some fresh pasta, formed tortellini, and then I made Marcella Hazan's classic tomato sauce. If you haven't made that, I highly, highly recommend that. Three ingredients, you slice an onion in half, you throw some butter and some tinned tomatoes into a pot, you simmer it, take out the onion, mush up the tomatoes, you can puree it if you like, uh, and it makes this incredibly delicious tomato sauce. So we had the ricotta and herb stuffed tortellini, with the tomato sauce and some parmesan on top. That went really, really well. And that was with the first of our two Italian wines, this one from Piemont, and it was a Barbera, Barbera d'Alba Superior. Um, again, really, really delicious. Of the wines that we had, I love them all, really, but I think the Barbera I would come back to first. It was really, really quite spectacular. Okay, then the final course, we had final savory course, was some lamb. And this was the Tamana lamb that Pure South North America uh, dropped by. I've got a contact there, Jeff, and he very kindly dropped off a couple of frozen racks of this Tamana lamb. I cooked it sous vide until it was just above rare and then seared it in a ripping hot frying pan and basted it with some butter just to give it a nice crust on the outside. And then I served that really, really simply, just cut a couple of chops for each person and served it with a gremolata, which, as most of you will know, I'm sure, is just parsley, lemon, garlic. I put some breadcrumbs into it because I wanted to bulk it up a little bit and thought that would be nice to kind of scoop onto the lamb chop. And I also added some olive oil and I heated it through just a little bit to take that raw garlic kind of edge off it. And with that, we had another fantastic uh, Italian red, and that was a baby Brunello. 
made from Sangiovese, what goes into Chianti, Chianti Classico. Again, a wonderful pairing. I've said in the past that I'm delighted to be able to outsource my wine knowledge because I don't have a lot of it myself. But friends of mine like Tanya, who are experts and can come up with these recommendations, are very, very welcome in my life. So Tanya, thank you so much for those recommendations and thanks for a wonderful evening. So yeah, that's the virtual part of the virtual wine tasting. So we had some bubbles and then Tanya called in on Zoom and walked us through all four wines. We tasted them with her. We talked about how they were going to pair with the food, how they were produced, where they were produced. It was a super interesting learning experience and made for a really, really fun and memorable evening. So if you're looking for something like that, I highly recommend you give Tanya a call. I'll put a link to her site in the uh, in the show notes. Another fun experience recently. This is uh, one that I'm going to build on, I hope. Cassandra of the really great website, goodlifevancouver.com, she reached out with a suggestion for potential guests. So almost always at the end of the show, I ask for listeners to reach out to me if they've got guest ideas or topic ideas, and I'm always super delighted when people do that. So Cassandra, thank you very much for getting in touch. If you haven't checked out Good Life Vancouver, I highly recommend that you do. Cassandra is a freelance travel food, wine, and lifestyle writer, blogger, and broadcaster. She covers so much dining, cooking, travel, booze, all the good stuff. And so Cassandra alerted me to a couple of former lawyers who have a really, really interesting food-related business on the east coast of the U.S. Now, I'm not going to say more about that now because I've not yet connected with these people. Uh, I don't know if they'll speak to me, uh, but I am going to reach out to them. And fingers crossed, I'm hoping that they'll appear on the show. And that would be a perfect compliment, actually, to another interview that I've got in the works. And this is going to be with a chef friend of mine from British Columbia who moved a few years ago to Nova Scotia, quite a few years ago now, come to think of it, and he's been cooking there since. So I can't wait to interview him and to share his thoughts on cooking on that other coast. All right, so Cassandra, thank you again for the suggestion, and I'm hoping to bring you all an East Coast-inspired episode of Cheftimony soon. Oh, and speaking of East, have you heard that 11 Madison Park might not reopen? There was a recent article in Bloomberg. Again, I will put a link to it in the show notes. And 11 Madison Park is one of the three Michelin star, super fancy, internationally regarded best restaurants in New York. And they have an interview with Chef Daniel Hum, who is the executive chef there. And he talks about the heartbreaking decision to close down the restaurant, to lay off his staff. And then he had what he calls a light bulb moment. And the article says this, in early April... Hum transformed EMP, 11 Madison Park, into a commissary kitchen and began producing almost 3,000 meals a day to feed hungry people around the city. So how wonderful is that, using the skills and the kitchen capacity and the resources and the suppliers of one of the best restaurants in the world to help people through this crisis? Now, what Hum has realized is if 11 Madison Park reopens, he's going to make some changes there because he wants to continue to use the restaurant to feed the homeless and the hungry, along with, of course, the very rich, the very fortunate. So here's what he says about that. The infrastructure to end hunger needs to come out of the restaurants. Any way that EMP reopens, and it's like a blank canvas right now, we would need to redefine what luxury means. It will also be an opportunity to continue to feed people who don't have anything. I don't need to only feed the 1% anymore. So 
Really interesting thoughts. Of course, I'm hoping that Eleven Madison Park does come back for all sorts of selfish reasons, primarily because I haven't dined there yet. But it'll be very interesting to see what restaurants, and particularly the high-end restaurants that are used to serving the 1%, what they're going to look like on the other end of this crisis. More to come. We're all going to find out how this reopens, slowly and hesitantly at first. But, as I said at the beginning of this short show today, I do hope we are able to start taking tiny steps back toward what we knew as normal. In the meantime, to the extent you can, please join me in supporting your local restaurants. They make our cities, our towns so much better. They're critical to our economy. They're critical to employment. And let's face it, life would not be nearly so wonderful without them. Right now, they need our help. So if you can help them, whether that's ordering takeout and arranging for curbside pickup or buying gift cards for use down the line, there are a number of ways you can help out. Please consider doing that. I think it's really important. All right, that is going to do it for today's short snack-sized episode of the show. Thank you, as always, for joining me. I really do appreciate you taking the time to be here with me on Cheftimony. If you're enjoying the show, please let a food-loving friend know about it. I'd really appreciate that. And if you've got a few minutes and one of those podcast apps, please give Cheftimony a star rating. You can do that on Apple Podcasts and many of the other directories. Also, please consider leaving a written review for the show. It would be wonderful to help spread the word about Cheftimony. I'd really appreciate it. And as I mentioned, with respect to Cassandra and her reaching out, I love to hear from people. So if you've got a comment for the show or a question, or maybe you know a chef or a lawyer that would make a good fit for Cheftimony, please just get in touch. You can do that on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or send me an email to graham at cheftimony.com. All right, that really is all for today. I'm Graham McLennan, and I'll see you next Friday, right here on Cheftimony.com.